Hey everyone, Pastor Blake Harkup here from Bedrock, Sarasota. I just wanted to take a minute to welcome you to our podcast. We hope that you get to know God more, that you feel encouraged, and that you see how God's moving in your life from a brand new perspective. Enjoy today's message. Thank you, son. How cool is that, right? It's so neat. I am blessed. I'm Dr. Mark Davenport. You can call me Dr. Mark. You can call me Mark. You can call me Cody's dad. But in in order of importance, I am a born-again child of God, provided for by Jesus Christ since I was 11 years old. I am then also the husband of Robin Davenport, a beautiful woman uh, inside and out, who I've been married to for 43 years. Provided two sons, Travis, who is in ministry in Columbus, Ohio, Cody, who is in ministry here, with seven grandchildren, and uh, we are exceedingly blessed. And when Cody says, what are you thankful for tonight? Uh, I'm glad that God has a plan. Uh, I really think that we're living in a time when uh, the whole world, and we always go back, we say, pre-pandemic, post-pandemic, everything is pandemic. I just think it's time to move on from the, the P word, you know? And, uh, I, I, and I'm going to be reminded now, let's just pray for Blake and his family right now, the Harkups. God, thank you for allowing us to be here tonight. And I know that Blake uh, planning on starting a brand new series. We met last week, parts of the staff, and been praying about that, went over things, and, and then him not being able to start that tonight. So I know that he's uh, probably bummed about that. But I'm excited that I have the opportunity to share Bless them, encourage them, strengthen them, and heal them in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I, as uh, Cody said, I've been involved in a lot of things, mainly pastoring and counseling. And I do have a, a PhD in marriage and family counseling. I'm also a family life coach. And what I'm going to do tonight is I'm going to talk to you from the family life coach type thing. Life coach type things. I won't be preaching as much as I'll be teaching you a, an idea. And if you'll put up that first uh, slide, it's a strategy for God's direction. We talked about that P word, post P, PPE, all that stuff. Uh, trying to get away from that and thinking about where we go from here. If I could tell you, uh, if I gave you four strategies tonight or four words that could change your life in a positive way in God's power and understanding of direction for your life. I think you probably listen to that. We're looking for direction in a world that is directionless. So I'm going to give you those four words and we'll talk about them. Put up these four words. Let's say them out loud. Clarity, say it. Let's try that again. Clarity, movement, alignment, and focus. There's two verses that I think we love to hear, and we think they're probably impossible. Philippians 4.4 4 says, rejoice in the Lord always. Paul says, I'll say it again, rejoice. And then we roll our eyes, and we say, survival is what I'm after, and I'll say it again, survival. Another verse, John 10.10, Jesus said, I, I have come that you may have life and have it in abundance or more abundantly. And we say, I, abundance, 
abundance. I am overwhelmed with a lot of stuff, but not, uh, not the joy of the Lord. I'm looking for a consistent mediocrity in my life. I'm barely hanging on. And we know that the model as believers in Christ, the model of our lives is Jesus Christ. And I don't believe that we are created and then born again, and I hope that you're born again, to live a joyless, aimless, empty life. But it is difficult without clarity, without movement, without alignment and focus. Pastor, Pastor Mark, Dr. Mark, I, I don't even know that those are biblical words. I don't think I've seen those in the Bible. Jesus, the creator of the universe, master of our lives, think about this, found time to make time and develop close friends. In just about three and a half years of ministry on this earth, and we know he developed a other work-related relationships before that as a carpenter, but when he started his ministry, three and a half years, developed time for close friends built important family relationships. He even had time to love on children, holding them, blessing them, encouraging them, teach and confront those who opposed him. And he found time to listen to people who were complete strangers and actually go to them and touch their lives and make a lasting impact in some, in some ways changing them, not only emotionally and spiritually, but physically. How did he do that? <laughs> I know. He was the son of God. That's right. He was. He's also the pattern for our lives. The pattern for our lives. Is there a pattern? Yes. My wife and I were just talking about this just a couple days ago on a uh, in our morning devotions. And we're talking about looking at the transitions of our life. You understand that I was in a church for 30, 36 years or so, and then I moved to, to Maine, and I pastored a church in Maine for six years, came back to Ohio and pastored there for as a co-pastor in a larger church. And then, then I went, I semi-retired and went to Massachusetts, been there the last 20 months, thought I was going to be done last November, wasn't done we help hold the church together that's in danger of closing their doors, take them through a five-step process, and then we, we uh, initiate a search team, uh, and we create, uh, we do a number of different things, and then we try to bring people in. We thought we had a guy, and he was voted in, and the day he was voted in, he also declined the opportunity. So I was going to have knee surgery last November, and uh, all, everything changed. Everything changed, and, and we didn't have a place to live. I could go through this whole thing. I just want to say that God has a plan, and when he has a plan, if we're clarifying, what happened to that slime? <laughs> clarifying. Did it die or what? There it is. Uh, uh, no, the slide before that. Yeah, don't, don't, no, the slide before that. Thank you. Don't change the slide unless I ask you to. So, but if there is clarity, okay, and there's proper movement and alignment and focus, it doesn't matter what happens within that plan. God has a plan. And if you are 
following him as your focus. We'll see that in a moment. The changes and transitions that happen unexpectedly, you're going to be able to, to deal with. I will say that Pastor Blake brought a message a few weeks ago, and it impacted me greatly. We had lunch the week, the week after that, and I said, Blake, your message, the this Karate Kid 2 illustration. Ay, ay, ay. Fantastic. I said to him, where did you get that at? Was that him? Well, just thinking about it. I go, huh, you're brilliant, man. That's awesome. And I'm using it when I go up to Massachusetts next week and speak. A couple weeks, it's just use it. It's a, but you know what I loved about it was love God, love people, right? Remember that? So if you get those basic two things down, then when the difficult things happen, all, you know, he's doing all this stuff. You know, lay your coat down, hang your coat up, take your coat off, lay your coat down, hang your coat up. You know, the basic things he got, but, but then when the, it, the time came to actually get into gear and defend himself and he had all this, that's what happens in the Christian life. When you're loving people and loving God and you're involved in those things and there's clarity and you're moving within that and you're aligned in that and you stay focused, even when the guy declines the job and now you don't have a place to live and you got to move somewhere else and you got to be there another eight months and then you can't get your knees or it's okay. And there's still, it's crazy. Some of you understand this. Unfortunately, some of you don't. I hope that when you leave here, you'll get a new strategy to explain that, to understand it, that there's still joy, an abundance of joy. And uh, uh, because... Uh, God's got a plan that he wants to bless us in. Now, I will say this. Go to the next slide. These are the things that we have to clarify and move and align and focus on. These are the four things that all of us, this is life. Time, relationships, money, God. You know, this is what we all deal with. And according to where you are in your life, how old you are, how many years you've been married, if you're a grandpa or you're a, a child or you're a teenager or you're a single, older person, whatever you are, you're going to deal with all four of those. And you better have a plan. And you better understand God's plan if you're a believer in Christ, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ. Our, our plans are different than the world's. And if you're discouraged tonight... It's probably because you're, you're looking at the world and all the things that they're saying or hearing, and, and you're probably not in the word. You're not a, accountable to other Christian people. You're not looking for, to Jesus for your model and your focus. And so time things, relationship stuff, money pressures, and they're all outside of God, and God comes in last, then you're, you're going to struggle. Depending on where you are right now, each one of these things take on a different level of impact or priority. But they all fall under, now go to the next slide, these four words, four strategies. The first one being, let's say it. The next one. You're safe. Go to the next one. There, no, the ne there you go. Good job. Thank you. Clarity. Now say that again. Clarity. You know where you're going. This idea of clarity means you know where you're going. That means you have a plan. You know, Jesus had a plan. When you read through the Gospels, you hear him saying many times, no, we're not going to go there yet. No, it's not time to go there yet. 
I want you to go over here and do this and that and this and that. Go there and tell that guy that I need that donkey. We're not going to go there yet. No, I, I know Lazarus is sick, but we're not going there yet. He has a plan. You have a plan. When you have a plan, your plan states and helps you clearly know where you want to go. It's as simple as that. Clarity says, this is where I want to go, where I need to go. And many people know what they want, but they're not really sure of how to clarify that into an actual plan. They say things like this, I want to get out of debt. I want to work less and spend more time with my family. I want a job that satisfies me. I just want to stop running my kids all over the place to every athletic event. My kids can't be that good at baseball, soccer, volleyball, hockey, and football. They can't be that good at all. I'm, I'm, I'm running. I never, I, I never stop. You see the path you want, but you lack a plan. You don't know where to begin. And that's where clarifying it comes in. That's where clarifying comes in. You need clarity, but you also, you also need movement in that clarified plan. That's the second word. That's a second strategic idea. We clarify a plan that hopefully has come about because your focus at the end, your focus is already on Jesus. We begin to clarify a plan that he has for our life as we read the word, as we attend church, as we get involved in God. He, we begin to clarify a plan. And then there's movement in that clarified plan. Last year, as many as maybe perhaps some of you, uh, how many here had COVID? Well, raise your hand. You had COVID. Okay, many of you. About half of you, yeah. My wife and I both got it in November. And uh, uh Praise God. I mean, we had a couple of nurses in our church up there in Massachusetts that really took care of us, got us some ivermectin and such, and started doing breathing treatments. But my wife got started on a little bit quicker than I did. So she got better quicker. When she was getting better, I was, I was going this way and she was going this way, unfortunately. And uh, finally, my Paul socks got down to 88 and they say if it gets below at 90, you should go to the hospital. So I went to the, the emergency room, walked in, and, and uh, I remember uh, Ohio State, was, I can't remember who they were playing that day. I'm an Ohio State fan, Buckeye fan. So uh, Ohio State was playing that day. So it was Saturday, and I uh, went into the hospital, emergency room. And I didn't want them to keep me or anything, but I walked in, and uh, she sat up there on the thing. So I sat down. He says, and I listened to my lungs, and I mean, I could hear them. You know, I could hear them. I can imagine what he was hearing. He says, yeah, you got, I'm not going to do an x-ray. You, you've got uh, COVID pneumonia in both lungs. I said, okay, well, that doesn't sound really good. Uh, why don't you go ahead and take an x-ray? Well, I can, but I'm, I'm sure you've got it. I go, okay, well, they never offered me anything. They didn't tell me the, uh, what to do or anything. But they took the x-ray and they came back. And, yeah, you got splats all over your lungs. And yeah, you got it. But you know, we won't keep you because your pulse ox in here is 90, and you jumped right up on that table. You seem like you're pretty good. So we're going to let you go home, take it easy, 
if it gets down to around 88, 86, and you have a heart, you, need, uh, you walk up the steps and you can't breathe very well, then, you know, come back in. I said, well, okay. Uh, so then I said something really stupid. I like to ride bikes. My wife and I ride bikes a lot. So I said, could I go for a bike ride today? And the doctor looked at me, do you feel like going for a bike ride? I go, no, not really. Go home and watch your football game and don't, don't go for a bike ride. Just sit still and get better. Well, God was so good. And we got better. But I'll tell you what, I'm getting ready for my knee surgery. And I went in last past week, seeing all these doctors. Didn't have any doctors in the area. I had a surgeon, but I didn't have a general practice. I had to get all, get all this blood work done and all this stuff. You, you know the, the thing. So I went in yesterday to the heart doctor. And he's listening to my lungs. And I went to the general practitioner. And I just it was so awesome. I thank God every breath I took. He breathed deep. No rattle, no sound, nothing. Clear lungs. Thank you, Jesus, for that. You know, congestion will get in the way of movement. Whether you're going down 75, 70, 301, or Fruitville Road, you understand congestion, not just this kind of congestion, but congestion that eliminates movement. And what happens with a clarified plan sometimes is we get congested. How does that happen? It happens when we get too much junk in our way. We add too many things. And then we wonder, why is this happening? Why am I not happy? Why am I not joyful? Why do they have time to do that and I don't? So there has to be a time when we have to use decongestants. <laughs> because our congestion will restrict our movement. Jesus' life's, Jesus' life, think about this, never looks congested, does it? It never looks congested. It's part of his pattern of movement. Without congestion was the issue of prayer. Look at this next slide. In Luke 5.16, it says, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Now, I'm just saying this as a believer. Our, our Christian lives, and I'm, I'm speaking to believers tonight. If you don't know Jesus in a relationship, then this probably won't make a lot of sense about clarifying a, a plan that God has for your life. Clarifying it. But if you do, you understand you're striving for that. And then congestion can come in, and the best decongestions you can have to allow movement to take place in your life is prayer. And the, the issue here, no, what's the second word of this verse? Often. Jesus often withdrew to lonely places. It's interesting, really. The fact that we need to do it often, but also the fact that he withdrew himself. I think corporate prayer is awesome, and we need to be involved in that. But we need to be praying by ourselves. And if you look at the word of God, many times Jesus is in nature praying, isn't he? He's out somewhere in, the, in the, the woods or in the desert or somewhere by himself talking to his father. I think there's something about that. I would challenge you. We live in a beautiful area here. Find a, a place that's yours. Get in your car and drive out to the beach or drive to a lake or a, a pond or somewhere where you're by yourself and talk to God. 
withdraw yourself and eliminate some of the congestion. Make decisions about that. Jesus often withdrew. Because prayer provides added clarity and the faith then to move. And you will need faith to move. It's not going to just happen. In the transitions of our lives in the last three years, my wife and I and my family, we have had some heartaches. We've had some, some tragedies. Uh, Robin's father passed away. As most of you know, Cody went through a divorce. And it just broke our hearts, you know. It's been a very difficult time. But God was faithful. And we prayed. And he was faithful. And his plan did not change for our lives. We just had to continue to clarify it. And continue to move in it. I was, uh, and I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're a child or if you're an older person like me or if you're a businessman. I was playing golf with a, uh, a man who owns and is the president of a multi-million dollar company. And he said to me the other day, and we've talked before about his, his business, and he says, you know, I had a call last night from my, one of my lead guys, and, you know, we're in a place right now, he's concerned because we've got a lot of things, the business is growing, and, and we don't really have enough people to take care of it. And, and so I just, the president said to me on the golf course, I just told him, we're just going to have to be, be, be praying very specifically and intentionally about where we go from here. We need to ask God to show us, either start shutting some things down or open some doors so we know if we need to maybe hire another person or so. But let's pray specifically about it. He says, there's really something, Mark. He says, about five hours later, that guy called me and said, we just, we just closed on about a million-dollar deal. The one we've been working on for a while just, clo- just, just, just closed. So it seems like we're clarifying that plan. There's movement in it. We're going to continue and God will show us who we need to hire to continue to, this, uh, he hasn't closed doors. If he continues to open doors, we're just trusting him and we're praying that. See, I don't care who you are. If you're an owner of a million dollar company, or if you're me, or if you're one of my grandchildren, you got to clarify a plan, stick with it, trust God, get movement, and don't allow congestion to happen. Don't allow so many things to come in that it begins to slow your path. Because then... You can come. Now think about this. I love, I'm a word person, you'll find out. You can become intentional. Say that word, intentional. Well, the intentional life, that's what Jesus lived. He was intentional about everything that he did. But how can you be intentional if you're not praying and acting in faith in a clarified plan? And that's where many believers are today. And that's why they don't have abundance of joy. And you can also be incremental. What's that mean? That means I don't jump from here to there. I take one step at a time. I had another conversation with that man just a little while ago, and he says, yeah, we're going to have to move incrementally of how we do this, but I'm just trusting God we're going to be in this plan. It's so awesome to see this working. And I can promise you if you'll do it. Now, it takes discipline. These things don't just happen. Another one of the things that will happen is this, alignment, alignment, yeah, clarify, you've got the, the idea of, of movement, but alignment, you've been driving down the, the road, and you take your, your hands off the steering wheel, and all of a sudden, you're going over the, across the little, you know, 
something's out of alignment. You know, that didn't happen overnight, did it? It didn't happen, just, just happened. It happened over a period of time from allowing things to come into your life. But maybe you've just gotten too many things into our lives and we can get out of alignment. Things begin to interfere with your progress and plan, God's plan. And so we have to begin to get, uh, get some of these things out of our life. We have to fix and realign. I want to make sure we understand this. We need to realign by eliminating certain things. There's times when we have to confront people or things and eliminate. And some of those things are not necessarily bad. I want you to understand this. Sometimes we can be so involved in even good things, they can interfere with God's ultimate plan. I talked to a father not too long ago up in Massachusetts, and he loves to work out. He likes to get up in the morning and go to work out. But his wife also works. And so he was having a hard time taking his kids to school, being able to work out at this certain time that he likes to work out. And we were just talking to him, she ought to be able to take the kids to school. I should be able to work out. This is the time I work out. I said, wait a minute now. What's your ultimate plan with your kids? The fact that you work out at 6.30 in the morning every day or that you have time. What an opportunity to have time with your kids who are in elementary school. To take them to school and pray with them before they get out of the car. That, that seems like that's more. Maybe you need to eliminate working out at 6.30 in the morning and find another place. And he looked at me and said, that's exactly what I need to do. <laughs> he just hadn't really thought about it. You know why? Because he had gotten out of alignment. He's not a bad person. He's a great guy. But getting out over a period of time, I want to work out. I got to work out. I got to be done. And we get these ideas and they begin to interfere with what's really important. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 16. This is one of the great uh, times that Jesus actually confronts. This is a great moment where he confronts a person uh, and sets it straight based upon the fact things are getting a little out of alignment. So he's going to straighten it out. Matthew chapter 16. Matthew 16. And I, I think that we will begin reading with verse 15. He said to them, Jesus asking, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. What a wonderful moment for Peter. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he strictly charged the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem, suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed, sorry, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, 
Far be it from you, Lord. Far be it from you, Lord. This shall never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me. For you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. <laughs> man from Peter, you are the rock. I'm going to build my church on. You are Satan. Get away from me. You know why, why Jesus could say that? He had a clarified plan. He was moving in it. He was eliminating congestion. And the last thing, he was focused. He loved Peter. But he wanted to set Peter. He was not going to allow Peter to interfere with his plan. And he set Peter straight. It wasn't going to be the last time he, he had a conversation with Peter. But sometimes we have to eliminate, confront those things or people. Now listen to me, folks. This is not easy sometimes. But if you want to live in the power of Christ, the power of God and his plan, and you want to have abundance life, and you want to have joy, then there's sometimes you have to eliminate some things. It's not that you don't love those people or love that job or love this thing. It's just a, it's the matter of what's more important and what is God leading you to do at this time. Focus. Focus. I want you to turn to Philippians chapter 3 in our last section of scripture. This is an important scripture because this verse, these two verses, contain all three, all four of these strategies. Philippians chapter 3. And it's a familiar scripture for you. And it's verse 13 and 14. Most of you will know this scripture. And I'm going to read it through it. Paul says, brothers, I do not consider that I have made it on my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining toward to what lies ahead... I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So here is the focus moment. And let's walk through this verse. Next, next slide. One thing I do, Paul says. There's clarity. There's a lot of things going on. A lot of stuff coming in my life. But my focus... I'm going to clarify this focus. One thing I will do. Next. Forgetting those things behind and reaching forward to what's ahead. That's movement. Now, folks, as much as you've been hurt, as much as things have changed, have gone a different direction than what you wanted it to do, you're going to have to leave that behind if you're going to move forward. Or that is going to become your congestion. And you're the only one that can make that decision through the power of Jesus Christ. You must leave that behind. There's no perfect people and it's not a perfect world. We're a bunch of sinners. But God loves us and has a plan. Are you going to live in that plan? Are you going to clarify it? Are you going to move in it? Then you've got to forget those things that are behind and you're going to reach forward to what's ahead. That's movement. There's action here. There's faith 
here. We're moving forward. We're reaching. And then that next, next, next one, next part of the scripture. Here's the, fo- here's the alignment. I pursue as my goal the prize promise. That will keep me in line. Here's, here, I, 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 this, is the, this is what I'm seeking. This is going to keep me in. I'm not going to allow anything else. This is what I'm seeking. I pursue as my goal the prize promise. Now, I want to remind you, this is all taking place. All of these things are taking place while you're dealing with time, relationships, money, and God. But if you don't have this, if you don't have a strategy, well, how are you doing? What are you doing? How are you doing it, right? This is the way that Jesus lived. This is a pattern of how he lived. And this is how the disciples learned how to live. And this is how the church was born and grew and how the church today must continue. I pursue as my goal the prize promised. That's alignment and it comes to focus by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus. I want to mention this. Between movement and alignment. Go back to movement. Forgetting those things behind and reaching forward to what's ahead. And then the next, next one. I pursue my goal, the prize promise. In between those two is the moment of faith for you to move. Go back to the movement. I've got to forget. I've got to leave them behind. And by faith, I reach forward. And then, next, I can get aligned. I pursue as my goal the prize promise. But if you do not forget what's behind that faith moment, I wrote down here, faith action between those two, you'll never get to your focus. Matter of fact, the reason why you're not moving is because Jesus Christ and that heavenly call is not the focus of your life. When you, he must be our focus. When we lose our focus as a Christian, as a follower of Christ, we will make some incredibly poor decisions that can bring us great chaos into our life. And ultimately, we miss joy and abundance. Do you have a strategy for your life? I know there's a lot here. This is, this is something that I do over a period of weeks normally or a number of sessions with people or individuals. But God has a plan. There's tough decisions. You're going to have to limit let, Let's go through this for a second. Next one. Let's go to the next thing. Next slide. Clarify your plan. What do you want to do? How can you get that done by, next, next slide, moving within that plan. Eliminate the things that are not important in that plan. You'll get some time back. You will. You will. And then you'll be, then you'll be uh, the idea you have to align yourself with that new time. You'll have some extra time. How are you going to spend it? What are you going to do with it? And then get your focus right. Forget the past. Reach for Jesus. Do you have a plan? Do you have a plan? How, how are you doing in your life? Are you all caught up in the world? Uh, time, relationships, money, and God These will lead you to the right places and the right decisions in your life. Will you bow your head for a moment, please? I just wonder how many tonight would just take a look and say, you know, how many of us are just living life by the seat of our pants? 
And we use so many things for uh, excuses. And uh, the enemy, which I believe we certainly have, dominates us and causes not to clarify uh, things that even God is speaking to us about. We read his word and he speaks to us and we say, well, I'll, I'll try to do that later some other time. Or he talks about a, a relationship that we're involved in. Probably, maybe it's not the best relationship for us. And we just, well, well I'll deal with that later. And the way our money is being spent, maybe some of us are in debt or we're, we're, we're spending money that we don't have and it's bringing us uh, hurt, pain, worry, fear. And you wonder, how do I get out of this? How, how do I get out of this? You got to make God your focus. Get things back aligned. Remove some of the congestion. Clarify a plan. So how would I do that? Remove yourself often and pray. Talk to your Heavenly Father. Share with maybe some other people. Hey, this is what I'm trying to do. Become accountable. This is what I'm trying to do right now in my life. Will you pray for me in this area? Start getting a direction in your life. And don't be afraid to share that direction with some other folks that you love and really care for. And make sure the relationships you are in are beneficial relationships. It may be time to eliminate some people in love and maybe bring some other people. Thank you for jumping into today's message and we truly hope that you were encouraged. If you were encouraged, would you like and share this with someone that you truly love and care about? It may just be the thing that they need to get through this week. Also, let us know how the message impacted you, and please let us know any ways that we can be praying for you. But finally, I just wanted to take a minute to thank all of our supporters and those who give generously to make all that we have and do here at Bedrock happen. If you'd like to support us, you can do that really quickly by texting 84321 with any amount and setting up text to give, or you can give on our website. Thank you once again for all that you do, and we hope to see you soon.